You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith and this is a conversation with the members of a band from Sydney called Lily. You're about to hear from Virginia and Matt, vocalist and guitarist respectively. The reason for the conversation is to promote Lily's brand new album for 2018 called Evolve. Let's have a listen to what they have to say. Here we go. What's been happening for you guys? Because I'm, I'm bloody impressed with the ambition behind the music that you guys are releasing. What's, what's the most recent thing that's happened for you guys? Um, well, the most recent thing is uh, we just released our third single yeah. from, uh, from the album, which is um, Chained. Chained, yep. Yeah, and we've got um, so we've got a couple of gigs coming up. We've got one in Wollongong in the beginning of uh, August, on the 4th of August. Um, and then we're joining uh, Psycho Circus. Yeah, with Dark Cell. Dark Cell, yep. Yep, I know David Dean, their manager, quite well, actually, or at least their, their agent quite well. Yeah, he's, he's talking them up quite a bit. So are you going to be playing the dates that are up here? Or the date that's up uh, here? Uh, in Ooh. Sydney, yeah. Yeah, the 18th, I think. Okay, so you're not playing the Brisbane. Is there a Brisbane? There should be a Brisbane date. There is. The... There's Brisbane and Melbourne, yes, but Melbourne. we're just on the Sydney one. Okay, rightio. Yeah, cool. And look, um, Chris seems like a fantastic individual as well, Chris Poland. So how did you guys hook up? Um, it was just one of those, um, you know, stroke of luck moments. Um, we had the out. Al- we actually had the album ready to go, like uh, more than more than a year ago, and. We were going to do it completely ourselves like we did with our EP and we thought we'd just hold off on it for a second and started shopping shopping the album round. So we mm. had a, a couple of people keen um, we, and after a few Skype uh, meetings with them all, we decided that Chris really knew what he was <laughs> what he was talking about. Every yeah, question we fired at him, he answered. Bit, he's ahead of the pack really, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah, I agree. Digital side. It's like, yeah, it's got it all covered. Yeah, yeah, he's very easy to talk to, actually. I've got to say, God, I speak to... It's rare for me to talk to an Australian band, I must say, particularly an Australian metal band. I've done uh, close to 300 interviews at this point, and I think I've only spoken to about 20 or 30 Aussie Aussie bands. Um, and he was very keen, I think. Now, he didn't express this directly, okay, but just judging from the fact that there's more than one Australian band that I'm going to be interviewing over the next week that's under his tutelage, if you like, or through the distribution that he's got or through his label. So he's really connected to the Australian music scene. Is he, has he got a bit of a, uh, an eye on us, has he? And is he, is he trying to foster some talent here, do you think? Well, I reckon he must do. Like, uh, <laughs> that, that was the first thing I looked at when, when sort of, you know, Eclipse Records has come across our, our kind of um, our view. I'm like, oh, let's check out who else they've got. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know them. I know them. Oh, yeah, we played with them. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. Yeah, I noticed cool. that. And he had a fascinating conversation with Rodney Holder, who's up here as a, uh, I think he's a TAFE teacher or lecturer, but he's also got a podcast series about the music industry. It's pretty good. And um, when when I got introduced to Chris, I thought, I'll go and see who he is. I actually thought he was the Megadeth guitarist from back in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> I actually said congratulations on your work and you're still a career of words to the effect and about three threads later in the email he said oh by the way I'm not that Chris Poland I'm another one sorry to disappoint and I said, oh no my bad <laughs> how the hell did you play that like, 
Uh, I'm a guitarist too, so it was a little bit like that because I'm fascinated by all things jazz and a little bit of metal. And Chris Poland, the Megadeth guy, is a very good jazz guitarist as well. So I was about to ask him a raft of questions about his approach to playing metal as a jazz guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I didn't. (laughs) Not that there would have been any drama, I'm sure. But uh... no, it would have been interesting to see (laughs) to hear his answer. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if this is too uh, too into the jazz world, but you know, see. You know, the thing that I'm really impressed with about you guys is the ambition, as I think I said at the beginning of the conversation. Um, Look, I do get a lot of demos, believe me. Not so much demos, actually, full-fledged releases. Some of them sound like demos in the 2018 sense. Yours doesn't. It's very polished. It sounds like as though I like thinking of different package tours and when music finds a place in my life, and I say this often with bands that have your sound, but your beautiful driving music, having it on in the car, the way it comes through car speakers and the like. And I also think that if it could ever be arranged, Five Finger Death Punch would be an excellent tour companion for you guys. So tell me about your ambition, because you've definitely got a professional recording here. I guess um, the overall kind of vibe with with the way we write and construct stuff is um, just... Myself and the bass player, we've been in previous projects together and, like, um, very ambitious kind of music, you know, very proggy and time signature oriented. And we just sort of, like, got to this point where we're like, okay, man, let's let's concentrate a lot more on melody and, like, you know, having nice layers and weaving, meandering structures and things like that and, you know, not, not sing about the trees and, you know, like, <laughs> weird concept album prog kind of things and then obviously we've got a vocalist like virginia it makes it a lot easier to sort of construct around that because she's got such a wide range and uh uh a lot of personality in the way she sings which you know really yeah for sure yeah yeah oh thank you (laughs) yeah and look virginia it's really it's a really important point because if you don't have a front person that is relatable and a lot of bands don't, let's face it, but you are very relatable in that I'm a musician and performer myself. I play covers music, though, so a bit of a different thing than what you guys are doing, but I, I principally work with female front women these days. Uh, obviously, female front women, female singers that are at the front of the band, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you, it brings... It's almost like being an on-stage leader for the entertainment in the evening, and now, of course, I haven't seen you guys live, but it strikes me from watching your YouTube clips, because there's a lot of them online, a lot of them available of you performing live, but you bring a lot of leadership to a performance. So is, is that a strategy that you do, or are you just being yourself up there and it's just one of those very good unintended consequences? <laughs> um, uh, I'll take uh, option B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, um, yeah, look, I'm just myself. I've done such a wide array of... Um, you know, of different jobs and, and performances within, within my life. And I've done the musical theatre thing where I'm, you know, acting a role and stuff like that. Um, mm. And putting this band together, um, that was one of the main things. I mean, I had – the funny thing is before I, before Lily um, was conceived, I um, I went around to different producers and, you know, had a chat to, to them and sort of said, okay, you know, what – what, you know, what do you hear? Where do you think I'm sitting? And 
one guy turned around and said, oh, well, we saw you as like a female Coldplay. And I'm like, yeah, okay, mm. no, that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> and then some other guy said, oh, well, we see you because of your musical theatre experience that you're like a rock Lady Gaga. And I'm like, well, no, that would be pretending as well. So, um, yeah, look, at the end of the day, I'm just myself and I'm so blessed that I found um, four scallywags or three scallywags <laughs> <laughs> that um, – you know, definitely won't. Yeah, definitely won't sitting next to me. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm just so glad I found the, the guys that I feel most comfortable with and it's it's just being honest and best and just going for it. Sometimes I have no idea what actually goes on on stage I get off. And it's really funny too, like, you know, I, as you can hear, I'm the way I speak and when I sing it, it's very forceful and very strong and then, you know, I'll get off stage and people go, oh, you know, that was great. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, look, I, it's, I certainly don't like to label somebody's performance, but you reminded me of a cross between Joan Jett and Pink. So I hope that resonates. And I say that in a really good way. I didn't. I, the Lady Gaga thing is not too bad either, but I don't think it's quite there. But definitely, you've got that full-on rock and roll vibe. But you've also so that's the Joan Jett part of it. But then Pink, I think, is a wonderful performer. Doesn't get nearly enough credit for the way that she performed. And I'm not that that big a fan of the music even though I've played a ton of the music but I think mm. you've got a bit of that going on and that, that's probably the reference that I got first I mean I've only been listening to your album for about a week or so and maybe in a month's time or so I'll get another reference but that's the one that comes through you know initially anyway no oh, thank you they're both amazing amazing oh, front women and pink is a performer incredible yeah and her yeah. attitude too you know her attitude towards life is um is spot on she's she's no bullshit she's all yeah, yeah. Open and um, I think that's that. I think that's what resonates with people the most. If you're pretending, um, people will pick that up straight away. So you know, be honest and be true to yourself, and then that'll pour across to the, to the audience. Hopefully, yeah. And we do have fun on stage as well, so it's like it, that gets the crowd into it a bit. Yeah, Basically like us enjoying ourselves. Exactly, so, uh, jump around and yeah. you know, get them into it. And, uh, yeah, that's very very nice of you to say. Thank you. No, cool. Yeah, look, it's uh, yeah the performance side of things is. Uh, it's it's very hard to have a have a strategy for the performance side of things, isn't it? It's one of those things where you really just because the audience will change all the time, particularly when you're playing, you know, one city like Sydney or what have you. You've got to, um, if you like, just go with the flow. But it's a really hard thing to do. So is it is it a case of when you guys get up there, it's just guys we've all got our own individual stage moves, or is there a bit of choreography going on when you're up there? <laughs> um, not no, a lot of choreography. No, no there's um, no choreography at all. Um, it's we all just go for it. We yeah. all just all have fun and play off each other. And um, I think in the like the live reviews we get, are generally along the lines of, um, you know, they play this stage like they're playing Madison Square Garden or like you know a big stadium gig or something. So yeah, I guess if you're thinking of maybe on stage moves and stuff like that, it's yeah probably. You know, play to the the back of the room kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, gotcha. How do you guys find Sydney? I mean, you're obviously from. Or I, I should ask first and foremost. I know you're in Sydney, but are you guys from Sydney or elsewhere? Um, um, I'm originally from Perth, but uh, I'm born and bred Sydney girl. Yeah. How do you find the music scene down there? Because I was in Velveteen about 15 years ago, and that was based in Sydney. Um, mm-hmm. It was tough. I got to tell you. Um, yep. found it pretty tough, yeah. And and I think a lot of bands do. I think I've spoken to less bands f- 
from Sydney than anywhere else, any other capital city. Uh, I think I've spoken to more bands, to be quite honest, guys, from Hobart than I have from Sydney. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, okay. and look, it could just be me, of course, but I have this conversation every time I talk to somebody in Sydney because I'm, I'm curious because it is traditionally, I'm talking about through the 60s, 70s and 80s, Australia's preeminent bands, ACDC, all came from uh, in excess, I know, from Perth originally, but sort of made their mark in Sydney as they were mm. coming through. But Sydney has traditionally been the hotbed for rock and roll in Australia, but things have shifted, I think, a little bit. So what, what's your guys' take on the Sydney scene? Oh, it's super like, frustrating. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's like a lot of Sydney-centric kind of things. It's like people people go for the winners or the, like the whatever's the latest flavour, yep. things like that. You know, I don't know. You've got to have a point of difference when you play. And I guess that's, I don't know if that spurs on our live performance or whatever, but we're just trying to generate more excitement, I guess. Yeah, it's also difficult, you know, with um, the whole lockout law thing. Oh, yeah, God, they, um, yeah. Implemented a couple of years back. Um, so you had a lot of venues closing. Um, so, yeah, people don't like to go out. If it's cold, you know, it's different in Melbourne. They don't care if it's, you know, they're used to the cold. Yeah, yeah And like, we play down. Going tonight? Going out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we play down in Melbourne in winter and it's great. And then yeah. you play here in winter in Sydney and, you know, say to people, are you coming? They're like, oh, no, it's too cold. And you're like, you, what? You know, like where does that hmm. even where does it even come from? So, yeah, with the mentality here, um, I'm finding it very frustrating. There's a lot of bands, just in Australia in general, actually. Um, there's the, the community spirit is kind of gone by the wayside. Like, you know, if you're playing with a, a – bunch of different bands a lot of the time if they're supporting they'll just go home you know instead of hanging around for each other uh, yes yeah um and you know having that general com music community spirit is kind of gone um and that is filtered right through to the booking agents <laughs> who managers to you know to a, lot, a, a whole array of different um uh, what do you call it like um yeah the people that are important that you know yeah. help help this uh, business survive here, they're sort of cutting back their risks as well. So, you know, a lot of people are heading overseas. There's so many bands, mm. great Aussie bands, that are packing up and heading over, which is one of the, also one of the reasons why we signed with this American label because nobody here would give us a go. So um, Yeah, it's odd, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's good for you guys because you found somebody who's clearly passionate and knows their shit, really, and, I mean, Chris certainly does, and it's – it's it's interesting that you're very capable at you're writing wonderful music. You've certainly got the package there, but to hear that that not just audiences but people in the business in Sydney haven't been as supportive as they could be, you could you could use a word like as disappointed, but it's just weird. It's strange. Yeah, it is. It is, and I, I guess it's just the risk factor, you know, and financial factors that people are throwing in. To a project or to a band um, is not so as willing as it was. Obviously, in the 80s, 80s was a completely different story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Decade of decadence. Yeah, <laughs> things were paid with other sources. <laughs> other than money. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring that back. <laughs> yeah, it'd be look. Jeez, God, at forty years of age as I am these days, I find I can barely drink, lest I get a three-day hangover and I can't function <laughs> and do work and get the, you know, look after the kids and drive them around and all the rest of it without needing bloody six doses of Panadol in the day or thereabouts. But uh, 
But yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a funny old town, Sydney, isn't it? I mean, it's really a town about money and real estate prices and getting a job at Deutsche Bank in the city if you're that way inclined. But exactly. art is so important. And I have a saying, so indulge me for a moment, but... You know, whilst it might be the the, uh, the thieves, the scoundrels and the liars that inherit the world, i.e. corporate bankers, I'm looking at you, it is the it is the musicians, the poets and the artists that actually make it turn around. Oh, that's right. The yeah. shaping of the culture. I say it to everyone. You know, you can have your million-dollar house and your you know, four BMWs and that, but how are you going to enjoy yourself? I mean, just sit there and look at your car and go, woohoo! Yeah, you know, I made it. Yeah, exactly. Like, where's the excitement in your life? Yeah, put our CD in and play it. Exactly. See how you feel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's, it's interesting. Um, talking to some mates, actually, there's uh, you guys have probably heard of this, but there's something that's it's I don't I think it might have got up in Iceland, but I, I don't want to confirm that on the, during our discussion because obviously this will go to where. But but I think Iceland had something called a universal basic income, and. The intention behind that was to give people an opportunity to pursue what they really wanted to pursue in their life. So the theory would ultimately be beyond that, that you get a lot of poets, artists and musicians and the like. And I don't think that happened with it. I think, of course, you got a lot of stoners and people sitting around not doing too much. And ultimately, it wasn't. It was viewed as something that was actually anti-productive because it took away the incentive to go and earn money and to do things that were commercially viable in a, in a capitalist economy and the like. But, you know, music... Music is everywhere, isn't it? I mean, there's nowhere where you can go from the dentist to a lift, being in an elevator or a lift to a shopping centre or what have you. The point is music is everywhere, so therefore it's economically viable. It's just people have got to be aware that it's something that you can pursue. So I, I don't know, you know, in the last 20 years or so, you know, you guys are, I won't suggest you guys are the same vintage as me, but <laughs> you might be near me. I've certainly seen that shift where being a musician, if you say that as a 17-year-old, young lad or lass that you want to do that your parents are probably going to laugh at you yeah, <laughs> yeah I think it, you know it depends on the parents of course but um you know their main concern of course is your security yeah and yeah, being education education and you know being a musician isn't very secure <laughs> <laughs> but then look you know it's it's a one in a million draw really isn't it you know there's yeah. there's lots of success to be had um, it's, you just got to work hard, you know, and you've got to play smart. And um, yeah, I think I think there's I think the problem is the tall poppy syn- syndrome here, which has been embedded in our culture for so yeah, long. Yeah, it's still still there. You guys cop it, do you? In other words, you, you guys get some feedback uh, at gigs or on social media or so with people trying to say some negative stuff. Is that what happens a little bit? Um. Not overly. Not overly, no. We did have one guy write a message which was like, wow, okay. <laughs> um, hmm. You know, you know, they're sitting behind their computer, so you don't know who yeah. they are. And, um, you know, there's lots of trolls out there. But, um, that, yeah, that, that comment that he made was a bit like, oh, okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> I won't say what it was. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, it sounded like a jaded musician. Yeah, a little oh, bit. Oh, God. Yeah, look, uh, I've, I've performed just about every weekend or every second weekend these days or so, and the musicians are the ones that actually punish us badly as covers performers. So we're playing the Treasury Casino here or wherever we might be, and you can see them. They've had seven or eight beers. It's getting towards oh, the end yeah. of the night, and they want to give you a piece of their mind about how they can fix your band because they, <laughs> did, they did sound at Mustang Bar here in the Valley in the 
late 90s or something and you're like oh god i i've just developed i wouldn't say a thick skin i just avoid it these days by pretending that i'm engrossed in my phone and i, yeah. and I can't talk or i or i go and call telstra or something and start talking so, so i can't i don't have to sort of interact sometimes and i'm not saying i'm rude at all but if my general rule is this <laughs> yeah look my general rule at gigs is if you're drunk i'm probably not going to talk to you you know that yeah. um because yeah. it's just too many punishes and yeah. uh oh. That's the term, and it punishes me. <laughs> really funny one happened. I was in a band called Vinyl Frenzy, and we're down, playing down at Corumban RSL, and there was this guy now, uh, because I'm playing a lot of covers, and the sort of music I'm playing is um, is really geared toward the RSL clubs and the Legs clubs, those sorts of things, and there's a bit of a different scene up here, and the old-time rock and roll is still quite big here in that scene. So we're playing that sort of music, and consequently he played to roomfuls of 60-year-olds and 70-year-olds. No problems mm. there. But what surprises me is the amount that get absolutely shit-faced. I'm, <laughs> I'm talking fall-over chairs drunk. And you'll occasionally get one of them who loves music, like that's their passion, whether they're musicians or not. But had um, my drummer mate, he's ex-military, and he himself is in his 50s. And uh, this fellow is like literally zigzagging. But nobody around him, of course, he's just, he'd had a lot to drink. And he came up and tried to tell him how to play drums. And I wish I'd recorded the conversation because he couldn't form a sentence. He was so drunk. And, <laughs> and Gary, being such a gentleman, just took it. And I was laughing. I mean, I, was, was, I, was, I wasn't being rude or anything like that, but I was internally laughing. And then when the guy eventually left, I just said, put my hands on his shoulder, said, you copped it. You got one of the best ones I've ever seen. So <laughs> there, is, there is some humour to it occasionally as well. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Right. So you guys, <laughs> sort of about touring, is there, has there been, with, with the label over in the States, has there been opportunities for you to go over there? Because I meant what I said earlier about Five Finger Death Punch as well. I know that they get a lot of punishes themselves online, but uh, I've spoken to, God, I can't Jeremy Spencer, I think it's a drummer. Um, awesome guy, uh, really genuine. And bands like that, I think it'd be a wonderful wonderful matchup for you guys so is there an opportunity for you to go over to the states and do say 30 dates in a row and potentially build an audience there by by playing live yeah that's the plan um sometime next year um chris kind of because we're a brand new band starting out he wanted to release this album and kind of build up the hype first um before you know before we headed over so we are looking at doing you know some sort of tour we haven't actually settled anything in paper or stone as yet, but um, it is on the drafting board. Hmm. Um, and, yeah, so um, I'm not sure when exactly, but it will be happening. Sweet. And what about bands that you could team up with? Have you got some ideas there? I mean, even if you're just sort of talking around after a couple of beers and sharing some thoughts on who an, an appropriate tour mate might be? Oh, man, I would, I would just... I was going to say cream my pants, but that sounds really <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, uh, see how good it is. Seven Dust. Oh, oh yeah. That's, yeah. Oh, that, yes. That would be my dream yeah, come true. Yeah, yeah, no, we like them. Um, but Five Finger, yeah, I, you know, they're amazing. That would be quite cool. Maybe you should put us in touch with them. Strangely <laughs> enough, I've, I've really only really started listening heavy to them in yeah. the last probably six months. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, oh, they're cool. Yeah, look, they get – I think they're very misunderstood – uh, a couple of things. Their political opinion is definitely not with the grain. Um, I wouldn't say that they're pro-Trump, but they're certainly not anti-Trump. So they cop it because of that. Um, right. 
they've been in a lot of glam metal bands as well. Uh, Jeremy was in Wasp, you know, with Blackie Lawless. Oh, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, I'm, look, I love, I mean, I grew up with Wasp, you know, and I'd love to interview, Blackie's on my bucket list in, in terms of interviews. I'd love to have a chat to him. Um, and also their guitarist was a session guitarist that worked, I think, with Hilary Duff or Mandy Moore, one of the two. Now, oh, I think, man. I think, yeah. well, they're, 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 these guys are pros, right? And, yeah. Um, and also the music they, they produce is, is unkindly referred to as brocore or what have you. Um, and they, they kind of look like as though they're about to go dirt biking when they're on stage with their stage get-ups too. So I think they're sort of labelled chauvinists or what have you, but they're not like that at all. And believe me, I'm not that massive a fan of the music. I get into, as I think I've mentioned already, jazz and a bit of uh, you know old-school metal. Um, but they're... they're you know, in, in the commercial sense, man, they're shifting units, they're kicking goals, and they're doing things. And I, God, I will, I think I've still got Jeremy's details somewhere here, uh, Virginia. So, yeah, no, I'll definitely email him. And but you never know what happens if you don't ask, you bloody don't know. That's right. Oh, we'd, so be, true. we'd be really yeah. appreciative of that. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, we've covered a bit of ground. We've talked about a lot of things except for the band themselves. So, <laughs> You've got <laughs> look. I tend to do that because I like to give people the the fourth dimension, as I call it, about them. So try to lift the veil and get to know you guys as people. But yes, tell me about who's in the band. So obviously, you guys, you, Matt, you're the guitarist, and Virginia, you're the singer. But you've got a bass player and a drummer. Or have you got another member in there as well on keyboards, for example? No. So um, so we've got a bass player, Christian, and Bennett is on drums. Um, originally, we had another guitarist as well. Um, when we first started out um, and our EP was released with um, two guitarists, um, and then uh, he went off to do something a little bit heavier. He was uh, yeah, trying to juggle two bands at once and he had to make a decision. So, yeah, he decided to go elsewhere. And then we actually auditioned a few guitarists and um, – Nothing was kind of sitting, nothing was gelling. So we, we kind of looked at each other and said, well, you know, we've we've formed this little pact within ourselves and, you know, it'd be crazy not to uh, – well, the thing is, if you get someone new in, then you've got to, you know, start again mm. kind of thing. Um, so we just decided to keep it with the four of us. So we have a lot of second guitars on um, on uh, a um, like a backing track. Yep that we play with um, and as far as when the album is recorded, like on, for example, on Fire, I can't remember what track it is on the album, but... On, I'm going to say six. You're going to say six? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> on Fire, I um, I play a little bit of keys myself, so I okay. put a little bit of keys in that one. But um, live, all that stuff is um, on a backing. Okay, cool. When are you guys coming up here? How, how, how far away can we look forward Ooh. to performance? We are coming up yeah. in November, November, I think it is. Um, we're heading down to Melbourne to play Amped Festival, which we're pretty mm-hmm. excited about. And then I think directly after that, um, we're coming up to Brisbane to play Wallapalooza Festival. Mm. Actually, I just got the I think I just got the heads up about that today. I think it was, or maybe it was another one. But yeah, yeah, I certainly heard of the festival. So is that at the Jubilee? Is it the Jubilee Hotel? I assume. I'm not too I'm not sure. sure. They just yeah. had a venue change. So yeah. Like, uh... <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Might um, not be the duty. Um, there's the one on the Sunshine Coast. So that's happening in September, which we can't do. So we won't be doing that one. But, yeah, I think Brisbane, I think it's November 23rd, maybe? Yeah. Not too sure. It rings a bell. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. But, yeah, the dates had changed. It was going to be early November, but then the venues, um, they had a bit of an issue 
with uh, securing the venues that they wanted. So they've just changed it, like, literally a couple of days ago. Okay. All right. Now, social media, obviously you've got a Facebook page, but for people listening, how can they reach out to you and have a chat to you if that's what they want to do or just get into your music in general? Yeah, so you can um, come to Spotify and check out um, our music there and, you know, add us on a playlist if you like. That would be awesome. Um, there's also Twitter and Instagram um, and Facebook. So all those are Lily Band. Um, and also on YouTube, you can come subscribe. But hit us up on Facebook. That's our main port of call for, um, you know, messaging back and forth. Um, we're pretty quick with responding. And, um, of course, there's always our website as well that you can go to and find out all the information what's going on. Yeah, it's lily.net, that one. Okay, .net. All right. Wicked, guys. That's it. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith, and that was my conversation with Virginia and Matt from the band Lily. Thank you so much for listening.